Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Before we jump into our wrestling talk, let's talk hydration. See, I carry something to drink with me every single place that I go because I am concerned about being dehydrated. It runs in the family. Everything from dry mouth, dizzy spells, fainting, it's pretty serious. And I've tried all the different types of waters and sports drinks. Let me tell you something right now. Liquid IV, that has been the most efficient at keeping me hydrated and doing so pretty quickly. Okay, Liquid IV has five essential vitamins and is two times faster at keeping you hydrated than water alone. And I'm serious, man. Everything from vitamin C to vitamins B3, B5, B6, B12. Liquid IV also is non-GMO. So it's free from gluten, dairy, soy. So for all you folks out there with food allergies, this may be right up your alley. And I know what you're thinking, but how does it taste, Duke? Well, it tastes pretty good. Okay, we're talking my favorite in pina colada. They also have tropical punch, strawberry, new flavors like sea berry and strawberry lemonade. Huh. You can enjoy this stuff, man. But don't take my word for it. I want you to stop what you're doing right now and head over to liquidiv.com. Use the promo code Duke Loves Wrestling so you get 20% off your entire order. I mean, anything that you order on liquidiv.com. So what are you waiting for? It's time for you to shop better hydration today. Use the promo code Duke Loves Wrestling over at liquidiv.com. Save yourself 20%. Stay hydrated. Most importantly, enjoy life. That's right. Now let's get on with the show. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. My brothers and sisters, happy seventh year anniversary of the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. The show about pro wrestling and everything else. I am so blessed, so appreciative, not only to continue to be here doing this podcast, but also because I have you, you wonderful listeners out there that have kept this train going with no end in sight. On this episode, we have a fantastic conversation with Ronnie Big Bang Nicole, which you're going to hear later in the episode. We also have some fantastic well wishes from some of our favorites who've been on the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast through the years. But what better way to kick off our seventh year than to bring back a great man, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, the multi-time Hall of Famer, not only in pro wrestling, but also in college football, Mr. Ron Simmons. Welcome back. And how you doing, brother? I'm doing great, man. You know, and it's, and it's good to be back on the show. Thanks for having me. You know, it's funny, last year around this time, I had you on the show, and folks really enjoyed listening to us discuss me growing up and, and really idolizing you and, and being inspired by you. 
playing with my Ron Simmons action figures who, you know, like I said, you were always undefeated in the little wrestling ring that I had as a kid. It was really a, a special episode, man, and I can't thank you enough for being part of it. And speaking of thanking you, I know the folks down in Jacksonville, they thank you for returning once again. You're going to be at the River City Wrestling Con on Saturday, June 10th. Those folks in Jacksonville, they just can't get enough of you, Ron. Well, listen, you know what, man? It doesn't matter about, I know we always have rivalries there in the state of Florida from when I was in my college days with Miami and Florida, but it's all in the same state. So I pull for my Gators and I pull for my Hurricanes when they're not playing my team. So it's all, and it's always good to come back to see the people in the state of Florida and particularly in the Jacksonville area. And look, I can't, you know, I'm looking forward to it. It's always, it's always a thrill for me to come back there and to hear them talk about the days of when I was playing football. So, you know what? I get more of a kick out of it than they do. You know, one of the best parts about the River City Wrestling Con is the fact that it truly is a family-friendly event. I mean, you have everyone from the, the youngest of children, you know, babies, parents, grandparents. I mean, it literally, there's something for the whole family there. I wonder, Ron, does it surprise you that so many of these young children not only know who you are, but are also big fans of yours? It doesn't surprise me uh, to a degree because their parents have grown up. Some of them have, you know, been along my age or kids when they were watching me play football and throughout my wrestling career. So they've seen what I like to like, what I always like to say, who they consider to be, you know, great athletes or good athletes. And I hope they put me in that category and they pass that on to their kids. So, you know, once they go back and if they see those things and it some way touches them and inspires them, in which I hear all the time from the young kids. So, you know, that, man, to me, you know, it makes everything that I've done worthwhile. So, you know, it's surprising to me in some respect, and then it's not, because that's what inspired me as far as when I was growing up to be inspired by someone that they looked up to, you know, and, I, and I'm glad to be that person. Let me ask you a question, Brother Simmons, that I'm sure you, you probably have never been asked this before. So I'm really going to get you now because I'm an 80s baby. And, you know, my father, he, he's originally from Mississippi, so not far from where you're from in, in, in Georgia and what have you. He was an old school player now. Always had to have his hair fixed with the Jerry Curl. That was the style, right? And certainly throughout your entire career, going all the way back to football and, and through wrestling, what have you, at least the first half, Ron Simmons had that Jerry Curl and he wasn't playing around with that joint, man. So I got to ask you, Brother Simmons, here we go now. How did you keep your hair fixed with that Jerry Curl? It still performed not only in football, but also in wrestling. Hey, listen, and you know what? I can definitely relate to your dad, okay? Because that was a, bro. Back in the day, man, you that was the thing. You had to keep that tight, okay? Right. But, you know, when you had the Jerry Curl, man, listen, you know what? It will bounce back into place. So that was one of the advantages of having that. You didn't have to do too much work with it, man. Just keep it moisturized and run your fingers through it and then swing back into place, you know? <laughs> right. 
Hey, just run your fingers through it, man. You had a you had a built-in comb in your fingers, so you just run your hands through it, and it comes right back into place. You know. So look, I know exactly where your dad's coming from in that regard, man. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely feel him on that. All right. Yeah. Uh, but at this point, though, look, I'm running my I'm running my fingers through some air right now. I wish I had that Jerry curl back now. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah, that, man. Yeah, I can feel Pop on that one, okay? I, yep. I'm with him on that, all right? <laughs> hey, and kept a miniature bottle of moisturizer in my pocket. Oh, yeah, man. And you managed to pull that off while being an All-American in D1 football. And and listen, let's, let's get the record straight. Please, please, Brother Simmons, on this one, because I hear folks you're referred to as a two-time All-American Four-time All-American. What is the official word here? Which one is it? Well, I made an All-American team all four years. All right, now, everybody listening, you heard it from the man himself. All four years, Ron Simmons was an All-American in college football. The freshman All-American, and I was a uh, uh, second-team All-American my sophomore year, and then I was consensus for the next two years. So literally a star athlete, no two ways about it. I wonder about something, Ron, because... These days, you see these star athletes, and they have so many options. One of the the biggest options right now in college sports is the NIL, the Next in Line program, where the college athletes can actually sign deals with companies and start getting paid right now while they're playing college sports. And then a company like, say, WWE, they get a first crack at those athletes when college is done or when when their playing career is done, so to speak. So they can sign a deal to WWE. They can train to become a pro wrestler in their off time. And if they decide, like a lot of these kids are doing, they can actually get a full tryout. And if WWE decides to move forward with them, then boom, there you go. It's a feeder system right into the company. If something like that existed while you were playing college football and you were wrapping things up, what would that be like for Ron Simmons? Do you, do you ever think about that? You know, I've thought about that and it, is, it has definitely ran through my mind. And, you know, and that is a real perplexed uh, situation, you know, to be in now from a standpoint of a football player first. I'll have to go there, okay? Because naturally, you know, I, I was uh, – uh, an All-American and uh, pre-All-American my junior year, so which if it, if it would have been instituted at that point, obviously I probably would have gotten, you know, some lucrative deals or something at that point. But my only problem with that as a football player, now, am I going to be consistent with my inspiration to continue playing as hard uh, on the football field as I have been? You know, see, that's my worry with that, Okay. You know, and that's that's a problem that I think that some of the kids are going to run into, if you ask me. Because once you, you know, you're 19 and 20 years old, brother, you put hundreds of thousands of dollars in a young kid's hand, hey, look, we both know that's a recipe for disaster. You know, why? And particularly if you don't have guidance. Now, don't get me wrong. During the college days, I was all for wanting to get some kind of allowance or something, you know, to keep a kid going like myself who was parentless and didn't have a mother and father to support me. But I think if you're going to do these kind of things, you have to level the playing field and not make it to where one of the guys get more than the other because there's going to be some dissension among the players. 
You know, and I mean, that's why you've got kids bouncing from one place to the next, you know, and not settling in. And then they never build the camaraderie that I had with my teammates, okay? We're friends to this day, brother, you know? So, you know, so it, it has its pros and cons. Wise words and perspective from the Hall of Famer Ron Simmons. And once again, folks, this is someone who's lived it. You know, he's not just given an opinion. This is someone who has had experience at the highest level. So he knows, knows what he's talking about there. And, and I love it, man. I love the fact that you're candid about it. You're not afraid to just lean in, share a perspective that we're not hearing enough of. So solid, solid. And you know what else is solid, folks? Once again, River City Wrestling Con on Saturday, June 10th, Ron Simmons returns down at the Jacksonville Fairgrounds. So make sure you grab your tickets at rivercitywrestlingcon.com. Definitely want to see our man, Ron Simmons, the Hall of Famer, not only in college football, but also in the WWE. Ron, it is always an honor. It is always a pleasure. I couldn't think of anyone better to have on the seventh year anniversary special of Duke Loves Wrestling. So I am so happy that you were able to make some time and come on and talk with us again, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, listen, man, I, I sincerely mean this, and I appreciate you having me on here. And just from talking to you, I, I can feel that your words are genuine. And for me and what I've gone through throughout my career in life, what you say to me means a lot to me to know that there's something I've done that has inspired you and others. And I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Does it get any better than that? The Hall of Famer Ron Simmons joining Duke Loves Wrestling once again. Just a, a great dude, man. I, I really, it's it's a blessing. It truly is a blessing. When when you grow up watching someone and are inspired by them, looks just like me. You know, looks just like uh, people in my family, people in my neighborhood. To see Ron Simmons become the WCW World Champion, that moment legitimately, and I've stated it before. It was such an inspirational moment, reminded me, let me know, reinforced things that I've always been told by my parents and by teachers and what have you, that you can truly achieve anything that you put the time and effort and your mind into. And in a world that there are so many roadblocks that get in the way of someone's natural ability, someone's hard work at achieving Racism, sexism, you name it, all the isms. For Ron Simmons to become a world champion in an industry that was not made for black folk to be world champion, to be at the top, to be the face of the company, that broke the mold and it changed the game. And we're still feeling the positive effects of that to this day, but not just in pro wrestling. And there's a whole generation of young people who saw that and understood the message and carried it with them. And children of all races saw that and, and, and did that. So really, really special. And, and again, always fun to talk to uh, the Hall of Famer, Ron Simmons. That was good stuff there. You know, folks, we're going to start with some of the special voice messages. And, and listen, I there's a lot. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play a portion of them this week. And then we'll just do a, a, a part two of the seventh year anniversary next week. And we'll play some more then. So that way, cause I want to make sure I get everybody in, but I want the interviews to still take center stage because look, it's not about me. It's about us, right? 
And I know you folks tuning in. You want to hear the interviews. You also want to hear the, the, the voice messages and what have you. We're going to stretch this baby out. Without further ado, let's jump into the first one. Here we go. Hey, Duke, this is Matthew J. representing Strictly for the Culture. And on behalf of the entire team, I just want to congratulate you on the seven-year anniversary of Duke Loves Wrestling. It's amazing feat. Seven years of success. Seven years of excellence without the use of paywalls, chicken thighs, or burner accounts. That's tremendous, and that definitely needs to be applauded. You know, in this genre of podcasting where everybody's doing the flippy-dippy, peanut-butter-skippy Material, it's great to see that someone such as you has been able to keep both feet on the ground while keeping the rest of us on point. Thank you for what you're doing, Duke. Congratulations. And again, I look forward to the continued success in year seven and all the years to follow. Keep up the great work, brother. We're cheering for you. God bless. That was Matthew from Strictly for the Culture. Listen. First of all, thank you very much for a fantastic message. And I assure you, there will be no flippy dippy peanut butter skippy when it comes to this podcast and over here, Jack. And certainly no chicken thighs were uh, mishandled (laughs) in any of these episodes. Uh, There's no burner accounts. You know, I'm not begging anyone to uh, call me so I can say a bunch of negative things to them like our, our paywall Jesus and that flock of folks, uh, for some reason, that seems to be their sort of thing. But listen, Strictly for the Culture, fantastic brand. I encourage everyone to uh, check out Strictly for the Culture, talk a lot about them, interact with them uh, on Twitter often. Just really great folks, man, and a great um, line of T-shirts and, and hoodies and what have you, mugs, you name it. They got everything, calendars, Strictly for the Culture. You got to check them out. Check them out on Twitter. Uh, Google them the whole nine yards there, but Matthew J is doing a great job. Keeps me motivated, man, and and just a a really fantastic person. Has an audience of people from all different walks of life, all races, all genders, all religions, what have you. Although it's strictly for the culture, what does that ultimately mean? What is your culture? What is my culture? What is our culture? You know, we can represent who we are, be true to ourselves, and still find a way. To come together. And that's exactly what Strictly for the Culture is all about. So kudos to my brother, Matt, and thank you for the fantastic message. We stay top shelf over here. No skinny jeans that we need to pull up here, Jack. It's just top shelf. We leave the flavored malt beverage out. That's right. Hey, Duke Loves Wrestling fans. It's Vicky Dreamboat. And Alexi Suplexi. And we just wanted to say happy seventh anniversary to Duke Loves Wrestling. Duke, you are awesome. Have most happy, glorious, uh, revolutionary uh, anniversary of podcast. Yeah, agreed. Now, that is a really cool message from two really cool pro wrestlers, comedians, great folks, and soon-to-be parents. Congratulations to Vicky Dreamboat and Alexi Suplexi. They got a little bundle of joy on the horizon there. And I I just tell you, I, I really enjoy interacting with the both of them. They had great interviews on Duke Loves Wrestling. I love their wrestling. You know, I, I think that um, there's something to be said about two people who find a way to make it work together across industry. It's just, it's awesome and really fun. So you get a chance to check out Vicky Dreamboat and Alexi Suplexi, two great wrestlers, 
great comedians, great people. So thank you again. I, I guess we're we're in the international portion of our well wishes, and we're going to keep this train going. Let's let's go to England right now. What's going on over in England? This is Zero from Zero News. I just want to congratulate Duke on seven whole years of Duke Loves Wrestling. And here's to another seven years. Wow, Duke. I just want to say a huge congratulations on hitting seven years of your show. You have officially officially become seven years old so shout out to the duke loves wrestling podcast um i have been on the show so if you have not heard my episode my name is sophia you can also find me on instagram at vocal minds with sophia twitter vocal minds with sophia and i'm on twitch too at twitch.tv forward slash Sophia. I don't want to make it about myself, so I just want to say congratulations, Duke. This is huge. This is major, and make sure you go out and celebrate with some good food or, you know, drinks, whatever you uh, prefer, and congratulations once again, man. This is incredible, honestly. Now, how fun is that? First of all, thank you, Zero News. You know, the, the, the guy that's taken over Pro wrestling media, one step at a time, still in the game, still making it happen despite a lot of folks, especially Paywall Jesus, creeping up trying to shut him down. You can't you can't stop a stepper, though. Don't forget that there. So thank you, Zero News. And Sophia, oh my God, Sophia V from the Vocal Minds with Sophia V podcast and Twitch and all that good stuff there. Just one of my favorite people in the entire IWC universe, so to speak. Just a really, really fantastic person, sharp, um, very well connected. You know, she she is one of the better interviewers out there and not just on pro wrestling stuff. I mean, she really does a very good job and attracts a, a wide range of fantastic guests on her show. I mean, goodness gracious, she went from having a guy who was like the head of the C of the uh CI was it Secret Service, excuse me, the Secret Service and then another episode, she had Carol Baskin on the show. You know, Tiger King? <laughs> Carol Baskin was on, on Sophia's show. So that just gives you a, a little hint at uh, the type of people she's able to attract. And it's because she puts out a great product. So thank you, Sophia. You still owe me a Greg's sausage roll. If I ever make it over to the UK, that's what I want. That's right. Can we call it the UK anymore? Are we, you know, with, with Brexit and all this stuff, I don't even know what the proper way to do this is. Is it the UK? Is it just England? What's going on here? All I know is I'm in Boston. We did kick you guys out, although we're friends now. So I don't know what's going on here, but I got to figure this out. I, I don't want to continue to call you the wrong thing because I can't have problems. I know that um, with Charles becoming king now, he's going to be tightening up the reins and I got Jamaican heritage and stuff, and you know how they are with us over there. So I got to be careful here. So I want to know. Somebody let me know. Is it is it improper to refer to England as being part of the of uh, the UK going forward? Please let me know. I, I apologize for my ignorance, but at least I'm asking. Anyway, let's bring it back to the United States here. Who's up next? Hey, buddy. It is Noah Kinsey from the Coffee Time Podcast with Noah Kinsey, and I can't believe We've had seven years of your podcast. That is remarkable. I don't know where you find the strength, the stamina, the patience to be doing what you do, but all I have to say is just keep going, man. It is so 
inspiring, refreshing, motivating to listen to you speak your truth and just really put things out there and make people think. So my hope is another 7, 14, 21, 28, all factors of 7. So many years I want you to continue this show and I will definitely be listening because quite honestly, we need to duke. As corny as that sounds, we need your voice out there. It is incredibly important, and I really appreciate everything you do. Keep pushing boundaries, keep speaking truth, and keep being amazing. I love you, man, and I can't wait for our next conversation. It is always important to surround yourself with great people, you know, people who motivate you, who help guide you, you know, let you know when you're going too far and encourage you to keep going when, when you're in the right direction. And certainly Noah Kinsey is at the top of that list. Fantastic thought partner, great person, someone that I'm very proud to call a friend. Thank you so much, Noah. And, and listen, Coffee Time podcast with Noah Kinsey on uh, iHeartRadio. Folks, you got to check it out. Noah has anyone and everyone on his show. He, he's very much like myself. He will interview anyone. And the conversation is just through the roof. It is so interesting to hear the types of questions that Noah asks. And I, I always, always find myself saying, damn, I wish I asked that question. <laughs> In fact, I'll tell you, there are times when I will send a guest Noah's way and I'll let him know flat out. I think you can unpack a conversation with this guest even better than I can. That's how much I, I respect and revere uh, Noah Kinsey for what he does. And, you know, podcasting is just a small portion. Noah is a movie writer, actor, producer, you name it. The guy is head cook and bottle washer. So anyway, love you too, brother. Thank you very much. Who's next? How's it going, Duke? It's your boy, Nick, calling from River City Wrestling Con to wish you a happy 7th on your Duke Loves Wrestling podcast anniversary. I mean, you deserve all the props, man. You've gone through so much to keep the ship afloat, and despite all the stuff you've gone through, you still have a banging podcast out every single week. And man, let me tell you, you know, these new episodes, I'm asking myself the most important questions, like am I dropping Tupac references in my speech? Am I out here making fake Twitter accounts? Am I complaining about Cody Rhodes not beating Roman Reigns for the Universal title at SummerSlam? But your podcast does such a great job not only entertaining us, but keeping us informed and challenging our perspectives on all things wrestling and pop culture. But I just want to leave you with that, man. I don't want to keep you here all day. you got a lot of stuff going on. But hopefully you'll make it out to Jacksonville pretty soon. But in the meantime, you have a good one, man. And thank you for everything you've done for me. Thank you, Nick from River City Wrestling Con. I'll tell you, young entrepreneur, making it happen, pulling together the biggest names in pro wrestling for his pro wrestling convention. And it's just, it's special. You know, in addition to meeting some of your favorite stars like Ron Simmons, like uh, the Dudley Boys, Soraya, Brian Danielson, Kane, who are all going to be at the River City Wrestling Con this year, June 10th and 11th down at the Jacksonville fairgrounds there you don't want to miss it visit rivercitywrestlingcon.com grab your tickets of course but you know nick is he's a young guy man this is a young guy making this happen and it really is a testament to how sharp and, and ahead of the curve he is and i just i enjoy interacting with him i enjoy challenging him i enjoy helping him solve problems you know and and i think that that's important people have to find a way to build together 
And that doesn't mean we always get it right, but it does mean that uh, we're moving in the right direction if we keep coming back to the table. And certainly Nick Batay is a, a prime example of that. So bring the whole family. River City Wrestling Con, I encourage you. It is going to be fantastic this year, better than it's ever been. That's right. Who's next? Hello, uh, Duke Loves Wrestling crew. It's your uh, moneymaker, hip shaker, and I don't know the words to Anita Baker, New England's favorite son, Danny G here, wishing the Duke a happy seventh anniversary on your show. Um, I've been listening only for the past couple years, but it's a must. It's a must on my calendar on a weekly basis. I look forward to the new show every week. I look forward to coming on and giving my feedback. And uh, most of all, I look forward to pretty much talking to the Duke every day. Uh, we literally probably chat every day and, you know, throw things back off on each other. And I know you all think that we get along great, but we, we have our fair share of debates. So it's always kind of fun. You know, but again, happy 7th anniversary, Duke. Well-deserved. Keep up the great work. Looking forward to what Season 7 brings us. Peace out, Danny G. You know, Danny G is, is just a great guy. New England born. He has that accent. He has, a, he has a bigger New England accent than I do. And it's just funny. We get each other. You know, we don't agree on everything, so we often have our debates and, and challenges back and forth. And it's funny. One of his kids sometimes... Um, She'll be in the middle of it moderating, which lets you know that's <laughs> Danny and I, we have a good time, man. That's a, that's a good dude right there. And you folks love it when he comes on the show because, again, he has that accent. Um, he brings a sports talk element to the show whenever he's on, which is really, really special because, you know, Danny's just a regular fan. He, he may not know all the nuts and bolts of this and that and all the facts and figures, but he knows what he sees and he knows what he likes. And he's a consumer who can articulate how he feels about what he sees and what he likes and what he doesn't like. And that's important. So it's always special when Danny comes on the show because the dude just knocks it out of the park. So thank you, my brother, my friend, Danny G. All right. We got, you know what? Let's do one more, and then we'll get to our conversation with Ronnie Nicole. But let's get one more voicemail in before then. Duke, it's Wrestling Media's bad boy, the great Brad Shepard. At its B Shep on Twitter, that's B-E-S-H-E-P. And of course, my podcast and Patreon, Allow Me to Apologize, where ironically, I won't be doing any of that. You know, seven years of showing wrestling content creators how it's done on Duke Loves Wrestling. That's incredible. The clowns in the IWC have tried to cancel you, and they can't, even when you've been gracious enough to have me on your show. In a community where everyone is out for themselves, you're the rare exception. You're a stand-up guy, a true friend, and I'm proud to see you thriving and succeeding. Happy anniversary. Here's to seven more. You know, I'll tell you, you could say whatever you want about Brad Shepard, but I've always said from the very beginning, I always know where I stand with Brad. We don't have to agree on everything. We don't have to disagree on everything, but we find a way to communicate with respect and with honesty. And that's why we've never had a crossword with each other. Thank you very much, my friend, Brad Shepard. Great dude. Really appreciate you, man. 
and it's funny, like you said, you know, a lot of folks who may not like everything you have to say, uh, they get triggered by that, which is just ridiculous if you ask me, because you have a million, there are millions of podcasts out there. There are millions of, of social media accounts. There are millions of people you can pay attention to. If you don't like what somebody has to say, there are plenty other people you can go pay attention to. The fact that people have complete meltdowns over anything that that guy has to say is just ridiculous. It truly is ridiculous. But you know what's not ridiculous? Brad Shepard, salt of the earth, top shelf. How about that? Top shelf, just like everyone else who's been on the show today, just like everyone listening right now, including you humanoids who are listening and getting upset because they can't believe that the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast has been around for seven straight years, and we're not stopping. We're only getting better. We still get in the Hall of Famers. We're still getting the viral coverage, TMZ, you name it. Okay? Why? Because I dedicate myself to putting out the best podcast that can possibly be put out by myself. Okay? It's not owned by some big company. I'm not some wrestler. I don't claim to be an insider. I get my information straight from the source. If I'm given analysis, I make it clear that I'm given analysis. I don't play patty cake. I don't play games about that. I'm somebody who believes in what he believes in, right? I advocate for what I advocate for, especially when it comes to women's wrestling, right? Women should get a much bigger piece of the pie than they get. It's embarrassing. I feel like we continue to go backwards with the coverage of women's wrestling, which is why I have so many women's wrestlers on this show. Right? I'm very serious and dedicated to that. That's part of the reason why we have our next guest coming up. We're going to take a short break. And when we return, <laughs> one of the best in the world, someone that I have a tremendous amount of respect and admiration for, Miss Ronnie Big Bang. Nicole, we'll be right back. Folks, you know Duke loves wrestling, but Duke also loves food. Shout out to our friends over Panera Bread because they've come up with a new line of toasted baguettes, a.k.a. melts. Check out these flavors here. Smoky buffalo chicken, pepperoni mozzarella, or the green goddess caprice. Okay, how about some ingredients of my favorite? I'm talking about the pepperoni mozzarella melt. That's thick sliced pepperoni, fresh mozzarella, shredded fontina and mozzarella cheese blend, with tomato bell pepper sauce. And once again, that's all on a toasted French baguette. Throw in a side of chips or an apple with that. Hopefully you're part of the Unlimited Sip Club. Grab yourself a drink to wash it all down. What are you waiting for? Visit your local Panera Bread or head over to the Panera Bread app. Order yourself one of the toasted baguette melts. That's right. Brothers and sisters, they are back. We're talking about Uncanny Attractions, Drags, and Dropkicks. Legitimately one of the most exciting events of the year. You're going to see drag shows. You're going to see a lot of pro wrestling, great food, a great time for all. Okay, head over to Uncanny Attractions social media, either on Facebook or on Twitter. They got all the information if you want to go live and grab your tickets. 
It'll also be on the Title Match Network. So that's pretty cool. What I'm most excited about is our girl, Big Bang Ronnie Nicole. That's right. (laughs) She's going to be in the main event against Sumi Sakai. My goodness, you talk about a banger potential match of the year candidate already hasn't even happened yet. And I'm already predicting this. Ronnie, Nicole, talk to me about this. You know, the the main event against Sumi. Listen, I first of all, first main event. Okay, so that's that's big uh, uncanny. Uh, Although we we both know I've made invented around the world. Uh, But yes, first main event against Sumi Sakai and you know she's retiring so this is like a big deal because she's only doing a limited amount of matches on her retirement tour and I am so glad that Uncanny was able to get her in because I'm pivoting in Uncanny I'm leaning more into uh the Joshi Queen Supreme that going back to that Kawasaki killer that I was really going back to my roots of Japan and so my goal is to start a Joshi pretty much championship circuit within Uncanny and wrestle all international Japanese wrestlers and so Sumi is is top eight of women I've wanted to wrestle so yeah I'm I'm very very nervous I'm not going to lie, but I'm also very, very excited. And it's so crazy because I've been connected to Sumi indirectly for so long. Well, at least in Japan, because she, you know, is a judo maven, okay? Jiu-jitsu, judo, all the stuff, right? Mixed martial arts out the wazoo. So Megumi Yabushita, they're they're like uh, senpai kohai relationship somewhat. Um, she's the one who encouraged me to start wrestling, but I had wrestled her multiple times and she like kind of became my senpai when I was in Japan. Like she and I had so much fun together. Um, and then when she came into wrestling, Sumi trained under Jaguar Yokota, right? And Jaguar Yokota was my senpai at Deanna Dojo. I was the one who did her laundry and like, she wouldn't let anybody else like mess with her stuff. You know, like I set up her stuff and everything for the shows that she was on for Deanna. So it's so crazy that we were, you know, in the same like kind of extended family wrestling uh, tree over internationally speaking. So it's like, it's been a dream of mine for so long, especially, you know, her being the first ring of honor or women of honor champion, like, It's a big deal. I'm preparing. Like, I am actively preparing. I actually just got back from Florida. Um, and I'm, I had seven crazy matches down there. I'm training every day. I'm working out every day. Um, I'm trying to make sure that I'm at my best so that I can give Sumi one of the best matches that, that she has, will have on her retirement tour. You know, it's it's crazy because you legitimately have wrestled all over the world, you know, not just all over the United States of America, but goodness gracious, you wrestled in China. <laughs> Shout out to our <laughs> yeah. friends in Middle Kingdom Wrestling. You wrestled all the way in China. Of course, Japan. Yeah. You're, you're an international yeah. superstar. There's no question about that. Um, and people know when Ronnie Big Bang Nicole is on the card, they are going to get a hard hitting what some folks would call strong style. They're going to get a real match. They're not going to get 
flippy dippy peanut butter skippy nonsense. They're going to get a real match, <laughs> and and right. something that we're not used to in the United States when it comes to women. You know, a, a lot of folks want to force women into this box where they're just shaking their butt or they're just, um, you know, playing patty cake, but not really getting into it. But when it comes to Ronnie Big Bang Nicole, you're there to fight, right? Right. I mean, and I, I want to preface this by saying that at no point am I ever unsafe. Okay. Now, there was a situation with a certain second generation wrestler who attempted to besmirch my name and career very early in the uh, Northeast, uh, saying that I was, when in actuality, she was the one who shot on me. Um, but I was trained to protect myself and to always protect my opponent, right? And in order to tell a good story, it has to look real. And so the areas of the body that can take more impact and more damage, yes, those are safe areas to be snug or tight or a little more intense upon. No one wants to walk away hurting, obviously. And I don't know too many people who have wrestled me that have said, you know, the next day or whatever, they're hurting, they can't get up and do it again, because that's the point. We want to go into these matches, tell a fantastic story, do the good business, entertain the fans, and then go the fuck home. We don't want to be limping around. You can't go to whatever your shoot job is or take care of your kids or, you know, go do whatever you want to do with your life because you had such an intense, terrible match. Nobody wants that. But in Japan, it is a stronger style. And it is stronger style because the type, the type of training that you do, and they call it body conditioning that you do to get your body to be able to handle that style of wrestling. So no, when I first got there, I couldn't handle it because my body was not conditioned to do so. But by the end of my first tour, I had been completely retrained and I understood and my body had adapted to that style. So coming back, I didn't change what I learned because also that training really saved my body. I know that training has changed a lot here in the States, especially when it comes to when you're down, you know, an NXT and, and getting trained for the, for the big brands. But like I was trained old school, the rings that I trained in were not very padded. And so it was really hard to, uh, you know, you're taking bumps, you're having face bumps flare style that don't necessarily protect your body. But for whatever reason, that's the style we're being trained. Or like ass bumps where you're completely smashing, you know, your whole self and your spine and not being taught how to take these bumps in a way that it protects your spine and your skeleton and your, your freaking vital organs, right? So why would I go back to wrestling that way when I return to the state? So I love the fact that I have the privilege to train in Japan and stay as long as I did. Cause now everyone's like, Oh, Japan's tour. And I'm like, these are not tours, baby. <laughs> One month is not a tour. Like <laughs> the, the real tour is when you actually get there and they retrain you and you actually learn the business and learn the style and you get to adapt to the culture of the country. And I understand COVID, you know, and financial matters have changed a lot of what has been done and I will also say that the behavior of some of the foreign wrestlers 
has affected the way that we have been viewed and how long people are invited to stay as well. Um, but when I'm in the ring, I want to tell that most authentic story. I want to show the realism. Lou Marconi, one of my trainers, always told me, show the fight. And then I always kept that in the back of my mind because isn't that what we're here to see? That struggle, that back and forth. And in Japan, it's not just the heel is dominating the baby. The baby is actually, it's kind of more of a back and forth exchange because the baby is expected to give everything they have until the very end. That's why Japanese matches have so many falls and are so impactful because they are showing that this baby is tenacious. They will not give up. Here in America, that old school style has more of a, the baby has to show, you know, being worn down to gain that sympathy. Whereas in Japan, those babies are going to come and drop kick you in the face if you're sitting on that bottom rope. And if that's what they got for right then, that's what you're about to get, you know? And so you got to be prepared in the psychology of the match as well as physically to be able to take that. And I, I just connected with that so much while I was there. And I still do because as a story, that's what everybody likes to see. And it always blows my mind that people don't invest in the story because that's what got you invested in Endgame. That's what got you invested in Civil War. Y'all wanted to see Tony and Steve fight. Like, nobody cared about fucking Sokovia Accords. Y'all wanted to see them motherfuckers fight. Y'all liked that triple threat match that they had with Bucky and Steve and fucking Tony. Come on, man. It's storytelling. So if I'm out here as 275, okay, of Yamagata Ramen, and I'm giving these pity patty strikes, like, what does that make me look like? A fool. And I'll tell you what, Big Cheryl did not raise no fool. So I don't, I don't know what to tell, tell you, Duke. And, and, it, and it also bothers me for some of the wrestlers who get in and don't understand that your body can take a significant amount of impact, not unsafe impact, but significant amount of impact in your meteor areas, but want to act like being, you know, struck is, oh, like, then why aren't you doing something that's no contact? I don't understand. Anyway, we're not going to go into that soapbox today, but yeah, I'm ready. I'm getting ready for Sumi. I expect it to be hard hitting. I expect it to be a banger. And match and candidate for match of the year because that's what I'm going for, and I know I'm going to be elevated just by getting in the ring with her. So I'm I'm excited. I'm actually really really excited. This is one of the first matches, not that I haven't had great matches in Uncanny, but this is one of the first matches in Uncanny that I'm really genuinely excited for. You know, and and that's fantastic, it, and it really it makes me wonder, Ronnie, because I know your career pretty well. And even with Uncanny, I mean, you were there from the very beginning. I, I think it goes all the way back to 2018, you know, their, their first event. So you have seen the evolution of this promotion. <clears throat> and, you know, not to break the, the fourth wall, so to speak, but I know for a fact that you're someone who behind the scenes has provided a lot of assistance and guidance. And in fact, 
uh, Lynn, who, who runs Uncanny, she has stated on the show that you've been a mentor to her and that the promotion really wouldn't be where it's at without all of the efforts that you've put in, not only as a performer, but also as someone who has been, you know, a, a very valuable person behind the scenes in terms of helping bring in other talent and, and doing all that needs to be done that people like myself, we may not know all this stuff, but doing all that needs to be done to make sure that the event is successful. So I got to ask, and I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but why the hell has it taken this long for you to be in the main event? Well, honestly, Duke, I guess you'll have to do a part two with Lynn and get her to answer that directly. Because I asked myself that question a few times. And don't get me wrong, I don't help people out of a need to be booked in the main event. I have been a performer and an entertainer my entire life. And when I was in marching band, it was always understood that the 50-yard line was where all the focus goes, right? But I was told by one of my color guard instructors that it doesn't matter if you're on the 50. If you're giving that performance, their eyes will be drawn to you. And that was right every fucking time because in most of the cutaways for bands of america or wgi videos there's always a clip of me and my performance even if i'm not on the 50 yard line or even if i'm not center on the floor when we're doing winter guard performances so i always know that wherever i am whether i'm helping behind the scenes or whether i'm in the ring i'm going to give all of that to you and i don't ask anything in return because that's what art is it's it's a service we do this to entertain, to uplift, to give people a few moments of respite out of the monotony and the nihilism that is her white patriarchal, white supremacist capitalist society, right? We all need to get out of that bubble. And Uncanny is not the first place that I have helped behind the scenes, nor will it be the last. Um, but you do start to question after a while when you actively know that there are people who are doing things to work against the best interests of the business or who are putting the owner in a precarious situation, but nothing's being done about it. Nothing's being said about it. They're continuously given a pass or not really, you know, oh, it's just how they are. And it's frustrating. It is fucking frustrating. But at the end of the day, my work speaks for itself, whether that is in the ring or behind the scenes. And you're right. I was there at the beginning of Uncanny. And it was, my journey through Uncanny has been kind of unorthodox because it's one of the promotions that does run semi-consistently in terms of, you know, the same kind of group, core group of members, right? So certain of the core get a more defined path in terms of what their their story is going to look like through the organization and i have not been afforded that and so you're right it is kind of like ah, main event ronnie because yeah i've been here for a minute i have one of the more experienced people at uncanny um if not the second oldest veteran. So it is 
questionable when you're giving everything behind the scenes and in the ring. It's kind of like, huh, what's going on here? You know, and I don't have all the answers, do. Sometimes I feel like I have more questions than answers. But I do find that when you are of service and of help, sometimes people, they, they take that as a sign of you'll always be there and that you're always willing to provide that. And like I said, I'm always willing to uplift wrestling. But at no point am I going to continue to take the bullshit, so to speak. Do you know what I mean? I, I know exactly what you mean. And it, it makes me wonder when I see what you do in the ring, how much of the frustrations of having to deal with the politics and the BS that happens behind the scenes, how much of that do you bring into the ring? None, because that's not the place for it, right? So that energy, though, or that intensity that you see, that is frustration, but it is never frustration from an external source of what I'm dealing with, because that's when shit gets dangerous, right? And we've seen that before. You know, we've seen matches where people, the stuff that happens in the locker room carries over into the ring, like Akiyasawa and Yushko. You saw what Yushko did to that girl. And she that was not just she beat right, her bloody, right? Not, she beat her blood broke her uh what you call it orbital socket like that was not <laughs> that wasn't a work that was a shoot there was stuff going on behind the scenes and stuff going on that was also being stoked a bit to make that boil over in a very real way and it had real consequences right and so i was always taught like you don't unless you're shot upon you don't shoot and that includes in the sense of even if you're at an organization that things aren't going well and you're wrestling someone who's involved in that or you know the office is putting you in that predicament you do not take those liberties because it's still somebody's life but do i use wrestling and do i use my impactful moves to have that catharsis hell fucking yeah why do you think we're in the ring all of us are a little fucked up. Who wants to run around in spandex, slam their body on wood, throw people off of things? Like, what we do is absolutely nonsense and saying the best thing in the world, dude. But you have to be a little bit off your rocker to do this because it's not something that you generally do. Like, we don't actively put ourselves in harm's way. And people who do, they're looked at as thrill seekers and people kind of give them bombastic side eye. You know what I mean? So as wrestlers, we are storytellers and entertainers who risk our lives for the thrill and for the catharsis of feeling that it gives us. Right. But I can't use something that's frustrating me in the ring in that way, because if that was the case, I would have been hurt a lot of motherfuckers by now, just keeping it hot. Because like I said, this is not the first place that I've helped that has frustrated me. I will say, and I will always say, Uncanny is one of the best, safest places to work, especially if you are from a marginalized community. You're not going to find somewhere that actively seeks to protect you if you are someone who has to, quote unquote, check the other box. Does that make sense? <clears throat> However... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I so said that that makes perfect sense. Like, and I, and that, that intention itself puts uncanny leaps and leaps above other places because the intention is built into the mission statement of the company. 
how many other wrestling companies actually have a mission statement and, you know, a vision, <laughs> like not shading people, but it's not normally known for a company to actually build something into their, the culture of their, of their company. So that being said, it's still a business and it's still wrestling and people are still going to politic. And so when you hear about people politicking to get things and to get matches, it's frustrating because it's like, all right, so here, here as well. Got to deal with that here as well. Especially, you know, when you think, oh, well, this person's done with what they're doing. Like, it's just, it is, it's nails on a chalkboard. It's not more of the same, but because it's wrestling, it is more of the same. It's, and that's, a, that's attributed to wrestling and the hustle and the carny side that's it's always going to be there, right? Everybody's always going to be trying to jockey for a position or jockey to get something a certain way. And for me, win or lose, I don't care about that. Now, granted, <laughs> don't get it twisted. I plan on beating Sumi's ass and I'm going to win this match. But the story is what matters. So as long as people walk away feeling like they're rewarded in the story, that's what's important. They remember the beginning and the end and how it made them feel. So that's what we should be giving people, not trying to politic for the main event so that we can make people feel something or attempt to force this. You should be able to do that no matter where you are on the card, no matter where you are on the field, so to speak. You know what I mean? So yeah, I've been dealing with that frustration for a while. So is Sumi going to receive any of that frustration? No. But is Sumi going to catch these fucking lariats? Absolutely. Is this going to be a top tier match? Yes. I don't need Meltzer to tell me that shit. My intention is already to make it that way. So when people come on May 13th, they're going to get a quality match. That's going to be a banger. That's going to tell a story. They're going to be like, oh, fuck. Ronnie should have been doing main event way before now. And we'll see what the office says then. We sure will. Once again, folks, Uncanny Attractions presents Drags and Dropkicks. This is going on May 13th. That's a Saturday, 12 p.m. Central Standard Time at the Far Out Lounge in Stage. That's 78745. We're talking deep in the heart of Texas. Okay, kings, queens, and in-betweens. <laughs> yeah. This is an all-inclusive professional wrestling event with a side of drag. So fun for everybody there, certainly. Ronnie Big Bang Nicole in the main event with Sumi Sakai. Sumi Sakai, as you stated, on her uh, retirement tour. So the fact that she wants to mix it up with you one last time, I think that speaks a lot to uh, the type of respect and appreciation that she has for you. And, you know, shout out to Uncanny for being able to get this match because this is a match that would main event anywhere in the world. So that's Absolutely. the irony of that as well, right? Right. <laughs> well, I, I'm May 13th is the day, Duke. May 13th is the day. And if you can't make it to Austin, you bitches better get title match and watch it live because it's, you're going to see something. I, I fully expect my inbox to be full after this match. I'm not new to this. I'm fucking true to this. I put my heart and my soul into this business because I'm going for longevity. You know, Lou Marconi told me, Caddyshack uh, 
was released at the same time as Chariots of Fire. And people remember Chariots of Fire more than they remember Caddyshack. You have to have that fire and that passion for this business to understand that this is a long game. We should be here seeking to improve it, to do our best to tell these stories and to entertain people and to share that little bit of magic but we also deserve to be recognized when we are consistently doing that. And so May 13th, when I step into that ring against Sumi Sakai, that's what the fuck I'm about to do. I don't have to prove anything to you. You will see it on May 13th. Oof, coming in hot. Well, why don't you let everybody know, Ronnie, since your inbox is going to be full, let's make it even more full. What's the best way that anyone listening, especially promoters, especially people who want to be sponsors, let me say that again. People want to be sponsors. One more time. People who want to be sponsors. <laughs> this is an international star. You absolutely want Ronnie Nicole to be associated with your brand. Why wouldn't you? What is the best way they can keep up with you, Ronnie? Well, I am starting back actively taking bookings in July. So I do have bookings right now, but I'm only working for a few people because I committed to them. So in July, I will be available for all bookings international and beyond. Um, you can find me, uh, you can reach out to me, honestly, any, on any of my socials. So on Twitter, it's at Glitterlicious. You can find me on Facebook at Ronnie Nicole slash Big Bang Nicole. My Instagram is Ronnie underscore Nicole underscore Joshi Queen. You can find me on Spoutable at Ronnie Nicole. If you're more old school and you want to uh, email me, then you can email me at RonnieNicoleR at gmail.com. Make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'm trying to cross a thousand before the end of the year. And make sure you go grab my book, River Song Respite Reflections 1 on Amazon, a reflection of my poetry over my grief journey over losing my mom. It helps a lot of my friends who have also been experiencing grief. Shout out to uh, Espo. Sean Patrick O'Brien, one of my really good friends who recently passed. Uh, miss you, Sean. Um, and yeah, you guys get with me. I'm ready to get back on the scene. And I'm super excited to bring some hard-hitting motherfucking quality wrestling to your promotion. Well, thank you, Ronnie Big Bang Nicole. <laughs> She's no joke, man. I, I always get time for Ronnie. Fantastic person. I can't wait to see that match with her and Sumi Sakai at the latest uh, drags and drop kicks information's in the bio, all that good stuff there. You know, I'll be posting all the information for you to see it. If you can't be there live, definitely check out title match network there. Uh, listen, that does it, you know, seven year anniversary. We're going to keep going strong. We got some great guests lined up for the rest of year seven. Can't wait, but that's not a bad way to kick off, huh? Ron Simmons, Ronnie Nicole, all the great guests who sent in the well wishes. And that's just part one. Next week is part two. And, you know, keep your ears peeled. You may hear another Hall of Famer next week as well. Until then, to celebrate year seven, <laughs> be kind to yourselves and be kind to others. Take it away, Tony Schiavone. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're desperately out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.